Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Ask BBB, the program that brings you information from and about businesses you can trust. Ask BBB features business owners and managers who share their experience and insights so that consumers are better informed about products and services they are contracting or purchasing. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO of the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. Well, if you're renting a place or if you plan to stay in a hotel, You'll want to stay tuned to learn about scams recently reported in the London area. What should you expect from your pharmacist? Scott Coulter of Coulter Pharmacy and Home Healthcare will be our guest later on Ask BBB. Being able to stay in our home when our health is compromised might mean arranging support services. Vivian Logan is the owner of QC Home Support Services and joins us now to tell us more about her company and the things we should be aware of when arranging home support. Welcome to Ask BBB. Thank you for having me, Linda and Jim. It's great to be here. QC Home Support Services provides private, non-medical, in-home care. What are services QC provides and what are the sorts of things where health care providers would be required? It's kind of like a multi-level. When somebody needs care in the home, um, it sort of starts with needing help with cleaning. So cleaning, homemaking, food prep, laundry, advanced meal planning, um, that's where it starts. And after that, it can be if somebody has um, a, a problem, they have a medical problem or they've had a surgery or they're just not great with uh, on their feet anymore, um, we can then start putting in people that have training and, personal ca- and, and to do personal care. So they would be personal support workers. Do you coordinate some of those services with the health care services, Vivian? With the government health care services? Yes. Mm-hmm. We don't coordinate. Uh, I mean, we are, You would. I would always say get them first. They're free. And so you're going to get that. Um, and they may give you personal support worker. They may give you not enough hours. Um, you may need more. And if you need more, at that point, that's where they hand out their, their list. And I'm on that list. Um, and you then look at what else you would require and, and how we could help you stay in your home. If home care is arranged post-surgery... How is the level of service determined and how does QC and the client decide the service is no longer needed? Usually in the hospital, um, social services or or CCAC, the LINs, and I don't know what they're going to be next because there's a change coming. (laughs) So um, they they qualify. They will let them, um, you know, give them the hours that they require and otherwise... um, they, they they know that you're going to need more. And so it's a matter of knowing what the surgery is, the age group, what your situation is at home. Are there stairs? Do you need, what do you, is there anybody else there with you? Um, you know, you just have to, you have to look at, have a consultation, look at that, find out what the client needs. I think when we hear home support service, we, we think uh, naturally of, of seniors, but post-surgery could be, uh, people of any age, absolutely. So that, um, uh, then that relieves the hospital service, doesn't yes. it? Yes, yes. Um, how do people arrange for the services with you? Uh, do they do it directly? Do they wait for a recommendation, or, or uh, just how does it work, Vivian? They can call. Just pick up the phone and call. They could email. Um, a lot of our situations are through referral systems. Um, just clients that say, "Hey, 
here's here's somebody that I used and you know I found them to be good. So most of the time it's just a phone call and then I will kind of pick your brain over the phone and then come on out and see what it is that we can do and what would help best. Are any of your services covered by insurance? Some are, depending on the insurance. Um, if somebody's covered for a personal support worker, um, certainly. Um, in some cases, the insurance companies will require like an RN and we don't do RNs. That's not to say we don't have RNs, but they're not out there as RNs. They're out there as PSWs. Okay, so, so what is the cost range? Uh, that people might expect. And that depends on depends, all right? <laughs> oh, that's kind of a joke. <laughs> uh, Whether you need them or not. That's right. Um, it, it depends on the how many hours you require. Like if you're only requiring three hours a week, um, it might be a little costlier to do that than it would be if you needed 12 hours a day. Uh, and if you're needing a homemaker as opposed to a PSW, they tend to be a little less um, hourly rate than what a PSW would be. So I think to ballpark, you're you're looking at probably anywhere around $28 can go up to, say, $32 max max, um, and that's plus HST. Now, we also have a, a live-in rate, uh, 24 hours, seven days a week, so... That's a flat rate, and they start at 300 a day. So really, once you need more than 10 or 12 hours, it's almost better to go with a live-in, hmm. though they're few and far between. So. so what qualifications are required for that home support worker? The home support worker or the personal support worker? Because right. there's a difference. Well, let's define that then. Yes, there's a homemaker or home... It's just so many different levels that... You know, I've been doing this for, you know, 30-some-odd years, and, and new programs come out all the time. So now what we have is a personal support worker. That's what the government has. That's what most of the people feel they need and want. But there are health care aides. There are home support workers, level one, level two, level three. There's dementia care. There's extra care that goes on everything. So I, I myself used to love hiring healthcare aides because it meant they were a little older and they were trained at a level that I I knew exactly what they were because they worked in nursing homes. Um, personal support workers today are also trained. Um, they have um, training from different avenues, so you need to look at that. Vivian, besides looking for the Better Business Bureau seal, what are some of the things that we should look for in a company like yours uh, when we're hiring? I think you want experience. You don't want somebody that has just started this three months ago. Um, I've been in business for well over 35 years and um, have many testimonials on my website, uh, lots of reference letters, lots of clients that are very happy with services. Um, you want somebody that's going to talk to you, spend time with you, not just a two-minute, how much does it cost, goodbye, get off the phone. Um, you need a lot of information before you can quote, and you need a lot of information before you can place and match. Vivian, we want to thank you for taking time to join us here on Ask BBB this Saturday morning. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guest has been Vivian Logan, who is the owner of QC Home Support Services, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. Search the BBB directory under Home Health Care to find them, and that will provide you with a link to the QC Home Support Service website. We'll return in a moment to talk to someone who makes sure you get just what the doctor ordered.
Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with co-host Linda Smith, who is the CEO and president of the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. And we are joined by Scott Coulter, owner of Coulter Pharmacy and Home Health Care. Welcome to Ask BBB, Scott. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Coulter's Pharmacy is an independent business that has roots as far back as 1940s. You are the second generation of Coulter's in pharmacy, having taken the reins from your father, Tex. Did you always know you were going to become a pharmacist? No. In fact, I quite surprised my parents one day. It was probably halfway through grade 13 because we had grade 13 back when I was in school. (laughs) And uh, I hadn't worked in the family business. My sister, who's a physician now, uh, she worked at the pharmacy after school and on weekends and through the summer. And I had no interest. And then I came home from school one day and I said, oh, by the way, mom and dad, I applied to pharmacy school. And that was right about the time my dad's partner was retiring. So um, he retired and dad bought him out and we moved the pharmacy next door. And I went to pharmacy school and the second generation was born. Well, what are the requirements then? How how long does that take? Well, it's interesting. When I went, it was a lot easier than it is now. I went right out of high school. It was a four-year Bachelor of Science specializing in pharmacy. And then you have to do your jurisprudence and your legal and, and prove your um, ability to practice as a pharmacist once you graduate. But now today you have to go in with at least two years of post-secondary education. And honestly, most applicants actually have a full degree before they ever go to pharmacy school. And they come out with a, a, a doctorate of pharmacy. So this takes a number of years then. Well, very much so. Graduates today are in their in their mid to late 20s by the time they graduate. So what sort of continuing education is required for a pharmacist to stay current on new drugs and therapies? Well, essentially, we're regulated by the Ontario College of Pharmacists, so we're self-regulated. And there's two parts to being a member of the college. You can be an active healthcare provider, which is Part A, which I am, and the pharmacist that behind the counter would be a Part A. Or there's Part B, where there's not a requirement to practice. And the Part A pharmacist must put in a number of practice hours per every three years. And then we're responsible for maintaining our own learning portfolio so that we can show the college at any time when they ask that we are continuing to learn and educate ourselves and expand our knowledge base on an ongoing basis. Pharmacy never stands still. It's a constant learning curve and it's challenging to keep up. Well, yes, because it seems there's a new drug every time you turn around. There's actually almost a new drug every day. Wow. So a person could be under the care of several areas of specialization and specialized healthcare. Scott, a, a cardiologist, for instance, uh, prescribes one medication, urologist another. Uh, how do people know that those drugs, who's responsible to make sure that those drugs don't uh, negatively interact? Well, certainly I feel the pharmacist's first and foremost responsibility is, is the gatekeeper of the drug therapy. It's our responsibility to be aware of everything that people are taking manage those medications to their most benefit. So not only are they appropriate together, but is there are they appropriate for the patient? Do they have uh, swallowing disorders? Do they have um, memory issues that challenge them to remember when to take their medications or how did they take their medications? Because too much of a drug is can be just as dangerous as no drug at all. So we it is the pharmacist's responsibility to oversee all of that drug therapy from all the different specialists and all the different practitioners and and put a clear and concise package together of a profile of what their medication regimen is. When we previewed this segment, we said you make sure that we get just what the doctor ordered. 
How closely do you work with physicians and specialists then? Next to insurance companies, it's the biggest part of my day. <laughs> um, but it is. It's our responsibility. Do we have the right drug for the right patient at the right dose uh, to treat the condition appropriately? And if not, then it's our responsibility to work with our healthcare partners to get the patient what they need. Scott, what is a meds check and how often should you have one? Uh, MedsCheck is a program offered by the Ministry of Health in Ontario. It's eligible to anybody in Ontario that has is on three or more chronic medications. So basically medications you take on a daily basis, whether it be for diabetes, cholesterol, hypertension, um, uh, mental illness. And it's an opportunity to sit down with the pharmacist and discuss your medications and go over your medication regimens and address any drug-related problems. So it's very much drug medication-based, and it can be done annually uh, with follow-ups throughout the year as well. Is that something that a patient initiates, or do you initiate the meds check? Absolutely. Uh, it can happen in in either direction. We see it a lot of times when patients are either going into hospital for a scheduled um, procedure or scheduled uh, treatment plan, or most commonly on discharge. They've had a, a major health event. They've uh, ended up in hospital or some kind of, kind of care facility, and they're coming home with a massive change in in their lifestyle because possibly they went into the hospital on one or no medications, and they come home on eight or ten after a major cardiac event, and they need help. From a pharmacist's point of view, does that meds check give you an opportunity to know that patient a little better and be better equipped then to assess the drugs that are prescribed? Absolutely. You don't really know a lot about your patient until you have an opportunity to to sit down and understand what their challenges and and the, the challenges that they face. And then your job, hopefully, is to help to alleviate those challenges and make their life easier. Similar to giving a flu shot, there's nothing more satisfying professionally for me than um, having that 10 minutes with a patient one-on-one and uh, giving them their flu shot and understanding what's going on, it's relationship-based and you get to know your patients better by spending some time with them. It's called Coulter's Pharmacy and Home Healthcare. What are the products and services that come under your home healthcare portion? Yeah, so we expanded into the home healthcare industry about 10 years ago now. Um, a business opportunity because we saw that there wasn't any home healthcare providers basically uh, between Adelaide Street and Woodstock, and we saw it as a great opportunity to expand our space. We have a full-service home health care department, compression garments, wound care, um, uh, bracing, mobility. Uh, it's a, it's, it's been a, a fantastic opportunity for me professionally. What are the advantages, Scott, uh, of having our prescribed medications dispensed at the same pharmacy? And what are the hazards if we use different pharmacies? Well, the Ontario Health Network, so if you're covered by an insurer, so basically either the government or a third-party insurance, there's a good chance that there's some checking of your medication prescriptions that they're paying for in the being done at the insurance level, and that information makes its way back to the pharmacy. But unfortunately, we still work in silos. So each pharmacy, even within a chain pharmacy, each pharmacy is still a separate entity, and the information is not readily shared. If you get all your prescriptions from one pharmacy, you have the most clear and concise portfolio, uh, profile possible, and that minimizes the risk of drug, drug interactions and adverse effects. You've uh, enlightened us a great deal, Scott, and uh, thank you very much for the time that you've spent with us here on Ask BBB. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
This is Ask BBB, and our guest has been Scott Coulter, owner of Coulter Pharmacy and Home Health Care, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. Search the BBB directory under Pharmacy to find them. And we'll return after a break to check some of the latest postings on the BBB Scam Tracker. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Linda Smith, CEO and President of the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. A recent check of the BBB Scam Tracker shows a couple of scams that are active in our region. One report highlights the phony landlord scam. Another reports calls that are phishing for your credit card information. So it's a good idea to check the scam tracker on a regular basis, Linda. Yes, as we've said many times on the show, when you log into the BBB website, you'll find the BBB scam tracker. The scam tracker provides information about scams across North America. You can zoom in on any area to check current scams being reported. When you zero in on London and area, you can see a list of scams that have been reported right up to the present time. So you mentioned one of those scams was the phony landlord scam? Yes. This was reported in June. The scammer used the realtor's photos and claimed to have the condo unit for rent. If you contact the people who posted the ad, they'll ask for private information and a fairly healthy deposit. The details of this London incident can be seen on the scam tracker. So this scam follows a fairly recognizable pattern, Linda. Yes. The phony landlord will post rentals, often using the Airbnb name, using photos they've ripped from the ads placed by the real estate company. So what typically happens? You see the too-good-to-be-true rental offer. You email the landlord. When the landlord replies, you're told that Airbnb is handling the rental process and that to get it started, you need to send a copy of your ID and a fully refundable deposit, usually around $500. In some cases, they ask for iTunes gift cards. You are told that once the deposit is received, an Airbnb agent will be assigned to show the property. So if you send the money, what what happens next? You are told that you should watch your emails for confirmation from Airbnb but that email never comes. You will be out the money you sent, and if you sent any personal identification, the con artist could use that for identity theft. So how can you avoid such a rental scam? Always pay through the Airbnb website. If a property is listed through Airbnb, you will never need to pay the landlord directly or through email, and you will never receive a PDF from Airbnb requesting payments. Watch out for deals that sound too good. Scammers lure in targets by promising low rents, great amenities, and other perks. If the price seems much better than offered elsewhere, it may be a scam. Don't fall for the overseas landlord story. Scammers often claim to be out of the country and instruct targets to send money overseas. Check out BBB Tips. Many scams use similar techniques. See BBB.org backslash rental scams for more advice. The other scam that you said was reported on Scam Tracker here near London was the credit card phishing scam. There could be many others besides the person who reported this scam. They keep getting calls from a hotel chain saying they have won a free night stay. They tell the person they have been chosen because they stayed at the hotel in the past. In this case, the person reporting the scam was suspicious because their last stay at the hotel was 15 years ago. So this person didn't fall for that scam? No. The scammer was after credit card information that the person no longer has. 
Plus, the person was suspicious and called the hotel chain directly and was told there was no such promotion being offered. So it's the time of year when we're traveling and using hotels and motels, so we can see how people might be fooled by scammers. We should be aware when we travel that tourists and business travelers are primary targets for scam artists. There are other scams to be on the watch for as well. One is the fake food delivery service. Well, room service is great. And if you're ordering from the hotel, you're likely okay. The scam works like this. A food menu appears under your door. You can place an order and have it delivered to the hotel. The scam artist has created pretty real-looking menus, so you call and place the order. But my guess is you'll still be hungry. The food never comes, and in the process, you have given the scammers your credit card information. So, first, if the menu is slid under the door, be suspicious. Secondly, do a little research to make sure it's a real restaurant. Best to go to the front desk or concierge for restaurant recommendations. Good travel tips, Linda, and that's our time for this morning. Remember, you can hear past episodes of Ask BBB. Visit the Global News Radio 980 CFPL website and click through programs to find Ask BBB. Until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.